What's going on, Broca Cola? It's your boy Jerry, the TR Expert Washington, here at General Fitness Company Studio. It is Monday, December 7, 2020, and I'm here hanging out. Just uh, <laughs> got my eyes kind of glazed over. I was uh, earlier on today, I was looking at some swag for my clients. I wanted to show them a little appreciation for sticking it out through the pandemic, whether they, uh, they were online or you know in person. I just wanted to show my appreciation for them. And uh, I, man, I came across this website. Uh, that somebody referred me to, and I was overwhelmed. I was really overwhelmed. In, uh, in fact, so much so that I almost immediately had my eyes glaze over and my mind started wandering. <laughs> I started thinking about like decisions, the decisions that I had to make on, make, on uh, which water bottle I wanted to get, and then I just started thinking about decision-making in general and ended up somehow getting into biases. And <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. So I started thinking about how we make decisions and how sometimes we make the incorrect decision and why we come to these incorrect conclusions. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about biases and specific confirmation biases. So is it biases or biases? I don't know. But either way, a bias. <laughs> we're going to be talking about a bias, confirmation bias to be specific. So yeah, let's talk about that today. Let's talk about why we make incorrect decisions. Yeah. All right, here we go. Episode number 507 of the TR Expert Talks. Why we make incorrect decisions. <laughs> Let go. So earlier on today, I was, uh, you know, I was looking for some swag for my clients. I have some clients that I really wanted to show my appreciation for over the, the holidays, wanted to get them a little something. And so I was looking up some, you know, some stuff for, uh, you know, like what do they call those? Corporate gifts, I think they call those, right? So I was looking up some swag, looking up bags, looking up towels and water bottles and I looked at water bottles and I was like yeah that's a good idea you know I just got a water machine here and you know I'd love to share the wealth so I thought you know it'd be good to get some water bottles so I open up the page and I look in the water bottles and there's like 800 choices so I'm thinking I thought at first like you know water bottle not that difficult I can find a water bottle <laughs> and then when I open up the page, I'm like, whoa, there are a lot more water bottles than I had ever thought. There was glass water bottles, plastic water bottles, aluminum water bottles, stainless steel, water bottles with juice infusers or fruit infusers, water bottles with, with uh, Bluetooth speakers, 
Why the hell would you? Anyways, so there's a lot of water bottles, right? right? <laughs> and I realized as I was sitting there that it was very overwhelming. So I started to kind of go off into a little bit of a daze. My eyes kind of glazed over and I thought about decision making. And uh, this is kind of how the podcast, the idea for the podcast kind of came about. Instead of looking for water bottles, I started thinking about the podcast. But uh, confirmation bias. I started thinking about how much we actually think we know when we really don't know. There's a, there's a few different confirmation biases, few variations. One of them that actually pertains to what I was actually experiencing was called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And essentially what the Dunning-Kruger effect is, is that essentially the less you know, the more you think you know. And the more you know, the more you realize that you need to find out more. The more you know, the more you realize that you need to know more, essentially. Uh, so it's interesting. You know, and like uh, I thought about that and I really thought about how we're not machines, right? Like if I were a machine, I would just go in there. I would select my criteria. I would say price point, uh, non-plastic, non-Bluetooth speaker, <laughs> and, and I would have my, I'd have my decision right away. Uh, but, you know, as I was looking at them, I was like, oh, wow, there's so much I don't know about water bottles. Like I said, like, uh, there is glass water bottles, even though there's you know such thing as a glass water bottle. Who would want a glass water bottle? You drop that thing once, and all your <laughs> water is done. You know. Um, but I was thinking about that, and I was like, wow, there's just like so much to know, and so much that I didn't actually realize that I needed to know. And it brings me back to biology, right? Now, let's talk about this for a second. How we actually make decisions, because that's what I was really thinking about as I was thinking about these confirmation biases, like, how do I actually make a decision? <laughs> you know, like, how do I make a decision on these water bottles and how are decisions actually made in general? So I was thinking about this and I kind of went back to eighth grade biology, just thinking back in my mind. I was, I was doing a lot of wonder, wandering, wondering while I was supposed to be doing work, but it turned out to be uh, a podcast episode. So it ended up being uh, somewhat fruitful, right? <laughs> somewhat fruitful event. So we have in our heads these synapses, right? And those synapses, they fire like the, well, within those synapses, you have these little part pieces of information, right? And once these pieces of information build up, they create uh, a critical, it's like critical mass or more, more or less, or a critical rate. I can't remember exactly what it is. Uh, but essentially what that means is once you get enough of these little bits of information, you're going to fire off from that one neuron and that's going to go down the chain and if it's a strong enough signal that's going to create an action potential and that's essentially going to be you creating an action actually i think those little bits of information are called action potentials yeah i think those little bits of information are called action potential and then from there the action potential turns into the actual signal firing along the chain of neurons which actually creates the action. And that action could be digestion, it could be your heartbeat, it could be your uh, a thought, it could be you moving your arm or your hand. So you're doing a lot of this, obviously, you know, between blinking and your heart beating and your digestion and your blood flowing and all this other stuff. You're doing this a lot in your brain. So if you think about this, this is your, these are all technically decisions, right? Your, your subconscious mind decides whether or not to beat your heart. Your subconscious mind decides whether or not 
you are going to digest your food. Your subconscious mind decides whether or not you're going to blink. You don't decide consciously, but your conscious mind is constantly doing this. So that being said, your brain is doing a lot, right? So it creates these mechanisms, these little shortcuts, so to speak, that help you with this decision making, right? Because you think about it, if you were always making these decisions throughout the day, you probably wouldn't even leave the house. Because just think about your actual decision making when you just from just when you first wake up. The first decision you make is whether you either roll over or you turn the alarm off and you get up, right? That's the first decision. (laughs) So already your brain's firing. And then from there, within that decision, you have to decide how to get up. Do you roll over? Do you sit right up? Do you put one foot on the floor? Do you put both feet on the floor at the same time? You know, those, those are just like five decisions right there. And just from you waking up to turn off your alarm, oh, I forgot, you gotta, you gotta use the proper finger, right? You gotta use the right finger or, you know, use the thumb or whatever. You gotta use the right finger to turn the alarm off, right? So that's another decision. So there's a lot of decisions that you make just leaving your house. And, and that's in a, you know, maybe a 30-minute span. You know, a day is obviously not 30 minutes. So think about how many decisions you have to go through on a daily basis so that you can function. So yes, it makes sense that your brain has to come up with something so that you're not stuck in the house all day trying to figure out what, you do, what, what to do. And there's actually people that have uh, dysfunctions where they can't actually make decisions like that. They have pro, you know, issues with their short-term memory and, uh, or their long-term memory, so they can't really remember how to do anything. They're actually learning every time they wake up. Imagine having to do that. Every day you wake up, it's a new day, and you're like a newborn baby that doesn't know how to do anything. That would be wild. So yes, the brain actually has these mechanisms that help it make these decisions. That's fortunate. That's very fortunate for time. It's unfortunate when you're actually trying to make decisions that can help you in the long run. Because if you constantly follow your brain, see, the thing is your brain is always trying to keep congruence. It's trying to maintain your slash its identity. So say, for instance, your favorite sandwich is a pastrami sandwich. If somebody offers you a pastrami sandwich or a ham sandwich, 99.9% of the time, you're probably going to take the pastrami sandwich unless you're feeling a little quirky. You might take a ham sandwich, but you're probably going to take the pastrami sandwich because your brain says, I like pastrami. And you'll say, I like pastrami. And you'll pick the pastrami. Right? Now, that makes sense. That sounds legit. Sounds like a good thing to have. The downside to that is, is that you think about this, right? Those little synapses, they've created a little system. So your brain knows that pastrami sandwich is your favorite sandwich. Your brain essentially has created a pastrami sandwich machine that lives inside of your your mind, right? And what I mean by that is that when given the opportunity to pick between pastrami and ham, it's not a decision. It's automatic. It's like a machine. It's essentially logical. Yes or no pastrami, right? When it comes to habits, that's the same thing. Do I want to drink this, out, drink this beer? Do I not want to drink this beer? Do I want to eat this cake or do I not want to eat this cake? Am I going to smoke this cigarette or am I not going to smoke this cigarette? If you have been trained, if you're constantly making this decisions to smoke the cigarette, to drink the beer, to eat the cake, 
It's going to be something that becomes a little machine in your head, and it's going to be something that becomes more and more permanent. So the more you practice something, the more permanent it becomes. And that's part of your confirmation bias, believe it or not. So you can see evidence of this all around, that confirmation bias. Again, the Dunning-Kruger effect was the one I was talking about when I said that you know, you're overconfident when you don't know something and you're underconfident when you do know something. Now, the confirmation bias in general is, by definition, is essentially you look for information that confirms your values or your beliefs, and you disregard information that disconfirms that, right? So you see this evidence of, all, of this all around. Like, for instance, look for the coronavirus, right? People have been talking about, on both sides, people have been talking about, let's talk about mask and not mask, right? People have been talking about why you should wear a mask and why it's a good idea to wear a mask. But if you were to present that information of why you should wear a mask to somebody that is an quote-unquote anti-mask or someone that doesn't believe in masks, well then you can give them all the logical evidence in the world, they won't believe it. Not that they actually, it's not that they won't believe it, they won't actually see the logic in, your inf- in, in the facts that you're giving them. I know, weird, right? But that's actually, there's lots of psych- psychological studies out that show that when presented with information that disconfirms our biases or disconfirms our beliefs or our values, either ignore it or we don't believe it. It's interesting how we work like that, right? It would be logical to find information that does not agree with what you believe and if it's fact take it for what it is and use that information but that's not the case that's not how we work so that being said you know with the dunning-kruger effect and the confirmation bias and our and our tendency to essentially have our own reality and have these little machines that are built up to essentially make our lives easier in order to live a healthy and happy life you have to have the ability to sometimes ignore your brain. I know it sounds weird, but you have to ignore your brain sometimes because, again, you have these machines that are built up to make these decisions. And those decisions, as I said and described earlier on, are not always decisions that are going to serve you now or even into the future because these decisions are essentially just decisions created or just decisions that you make so that you can maintain congruence in your thoughts, in your mind. And that's not what you want. You do want that, because obviously if you're not, then you're schizophrenic. But you want to have the ability to analyze and be mindful about what your decision's impact might have on your future. And that's important, because a lot of people just think that because they've been doing something for a long period of time, that it's the right thing to do. Or because a lot of other people are doing it, and they don't seem to be harmed, that they should do it too. But that's not the case. The case is that we have to be more logical in our decision making. You can't, obviously it's good to be emotional, it's fun to have fun, it's fun to feel all the feels, but at the same time, if you want a happy life, you have to have the ability, I'm not saying you have to do this all the time, but you have to have the ability to look at your decision making, analyze it, and understand if it's going to be the right decision for you now and into the future. And that's really what it boils down to. You got to take care of yourself now 
take care of yourself into the future because you're not just you. You're multiple multiple iterations of you that expand over time, that extend over time. So whatever decision that you're making is going to most likely be something that impacts the way you make decisions in the future because whatever you're doing is slowly building a machine that becomes your personality. All right, so that's what I got for you today. I'm going to be going back to looking for those water bottles probably tomorrow. It's late today and I am tired. But yeah, that's just a little bit on, on, uh, on the 25 cognitive biases. Uh, uh, I might mention in the intro that those cognitive biases are essentially based on uh, these thoughts by this gentleman by the name of Charlie Monger, who's uh, Warren Buffett's business partner. And so... I'm not sure which came first. I know that he has been, he's used these 25 cognitive biases. It's possible that these cognitive biases uh, existed beforehand. I think that's the case and that he probably added a few more. Uh, but yeah, if you want to, I would, I would highly suggest that you look up the 25 cognitive biases. They'll really help you with their decision making because they're essentially the 25 ways that our brain lies to us. So check it out. Find out how your brain's lying to you, how you might be uh, faulty in your decision making and how you can maybe uh, understand yourself a little bit better and understand how you make decisions a little bit better and maybe understand how you can correct your decision making if you're in a position to change where you want to be. Well, we're always in a position to change where we want to be. But if it pertains to a specific decision, I would highly suggest that you would check out the 25 cognitive biases. If you have anything that's pressing, if you have any big decisions, I always take a look at the 25 cognitive. I know them by heart, but I still look them up and find out and test like big big decisions against those biases to make sure that I'm making the right decision and that I'm not being illogical and emotional and falling prey to one of the biases. So yeah, ah, yeah. So I'm going to finish it off right there. I'm going to check you later. I really do appreciate you listening. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. And as always, keep good company.